Growing your business is tough, but don't worry, we've got you covered. We interview industry experts on how they've solved their most challenging business problems in SaaS or e-commerce. No fluff, just step-by-step playbooks to help you dominate your market and crush the competition. This is the How We Solve Podcast. Here's your host. Hey everyone, Dave here with the How We Solve Podcast. I'm here with Donata. Donata is a privacy and technology attorney, a certified information privacy professional, and the president of Termageddon, a company that generates privacy policies and automatically updates them whenever the laws change. Donata, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Dave. Thank you so much for having me on. And I'm very excited to talk about privacy and hopefully make it interesting for everybody. Thanks. Yeah, me too. Privacy doesn't necessarily have a reputation for always being the most interesting topic, but certainly an important one and one I want to dive into today. So let's start off with this. I've uh, been a business owner for a number of years. Privacy policies is always something that I probably don't pay enough attention to. I'm, I'm usually looking for a template online, just something to kind of stick on the website. Please tell me why I and others are incorrect. Sure. I think one part of that sentence was correct. I think a few years back, privacy wasn't something that was that big or that important. People just bought stuff online and didn't think anything of it. And ever since the Cambridge Analytica scandal, we've had a lot more consumers start to become interested in privacy and what's happening to their personal information online and what businesses are doing with that personal information. And that's really pushed a lot of privacy laws forward. And they all require you to have a privacy policy that makes very specific disclosures. And a lot of times what people don't realize when they use templates or, you know, they take the privacy policy of their competitor off of their privacy policy page is you might be subjecting yourself to a lot more requirements than you actually need to comply with. So, for example, your competitor could be subject to, you know, laws such as GDPR or CCPA, which require you to allow consumers to delete their personal data or to gain access to it. So if you're taking a template that complies with laws that you don't need to comply with, you're actually going to end up creating a lot more work for yourself because you're going to be providing privacy rights and obligations to people that you might not necessarily need to be providing. And that can cost a lot of money in terms of IT infrastructure, in terms of legal fees, in terms of responding to consumers. So you really could be subjecting yourself to a lot more than what you're bargained for. It's actually a really interesting perspective. I don't think many people think about the idea that they may be actually offering or giving more than they need to. And it's always nice to, to go the extra mile, but maybe in the case of privacy, you know, you don't want to overcommit beyond kind of what is needed because like you said, legal fees and the you know, necessities to kind of, you know, fill, fulfill those obligations. That's really quite interesting. Another question, you know, is it, when is it, or is it enough to just have a privacy policy on a website or, you know, does one need a, some sort of pop-up where the user acknowledges this? Or is it maybe at a particular stage in the user journey when they're buying a product that we want to kind of reiterate that they've read the privacy policy? What's kind of the line on that? So it really depends on what privacy laws apply to you. So, for example, the European Union um, has a privacy law called the General Data Protection Regulation which requires websites to gain consent before they collect personal information. So that's where the cookie pop-up comes in is through GDPR. So if you don't need to comply with GDPR or if you don't need to 
comply with a different law that requires you to obtain consent, you don't really need to have the cookie pop up. It's only in certain circumstances. So I saw like every website have the cookie pop up regardless of whether they need it or not. Make sure that you actually need it because it can be very annoying to users to have to click to agree to stuff. Generally, if you're located in the United States, you should make sure that when you collect personal information through your contact form or any other form, that's when you have users agree to a privacy policy. Or you can have it listed at the bottom uh, footer of your website as well. But generally, it's a great idea to get consent when you're collecting personal information, just so that your users and your customers aren't upset later on to figure out that, you know, it turns out you share that data or you sell it. So providing that information to consumers is very important, whether it's from a legal compliance standpoint or it's from a customer service standpoint, because consumers are looking for the stuff. So there's a recent study that came out saying that 52% of Americans would leave a website or a platform if they feel like their privacy is not being respected on that platform. So even if you don't have any privacy laws that apply to you, I think that's something that you should keep in mind. You don't want to lose 50% of your potential customers just because you don't have a privacy policy. It's interesting. I appreciate you bringing in that research and the statistic because yeah, it is quite eye-opening. So let's talk a little bit about Termageddon. What problem does it solve and who is it for? So the problem that we solve is the difficulty of constantly updating your privacy policy. So as I said before, you know, there are certain privacy laws that are already in place across the U.S. and the world. But because our federal government is not passing a federal privacy bill, we're seeing a lot of states come up with and pass and propose their own privacy laws. And basically what that means, so right now we have 12 states that have proposed their own privacy laws, and that number is only going to increase. So eventually what business owners are going to need to do is not just have a privacy policy that's compliant with the laws that are in place right now, but have a strategy to keep that privacy policy updated when there's new laws being enacted or existing laws change, Uh, which is a really hard requirement to meet. If you think about like 50 states and each state has its own requirements and its own penalties and who it applies to and has its own requirements for what a privacy policy needs to disclose. So I can definitely say that keeping track of all of that is a full-time job because it's my job. But, you know, for a lot of small business owners, that's not something that you can really undertake, right? So if you have like a bakery or you have a car wash or you have a cleaning service, you don't want to hire somebody who can spend 40 hours a week keeping track of privacy laws and updating your privacy policy because privacy lawyers are expensive. So that's the problem that we're trying to solve. We keep track of privacy laws for you and we automatically update your privacy policy when those laws change or when there's new laws uh, that go into effect so that, you know, your website is in compliance and you don't have to worry about your privacy policy and what new laws are being passed. So that's really the problem that we try to solve. That's super interesting. So I'm curious if I have uh, an online business is my privacy policy supposed to reflect the laws in every single state, maybe relative to where the visitor is coming from, or should it be up to date based on where the business is registered from like an incorporation perspective? 
So privacy laws are very unique in the fact that they protect consumers of a certain state, not businesses. So we see a lot of privacy laws apply to businesses outside of that particular state. So for example, uh, CalOPA, which is a California privacy law, will apply to any website that collects the personal information of California consumers. Now you can probably see how that's any website in the world, right? Because a California consumer could go onto your website, submit their personal information, and the law applies. We also see that with proposed privacy bills as well, is that they touch businesses outside of that particular state. So if you have a website and you target users in different states, if you collect their personal information, if you enter into transactions with users from different states, that's when you really need to make sure that you're compliant with all of the laws that apply to you, regardless of the state in which you're located. So of course you comply with the laws that are applicable in your particular state where you do business, but then you also need to make sure that you're complying with the ones at a state that apply to your business as well. Okay. So that's pretty eye-opening. I bet a lot of people weren't expecting that. So would that mean, for example, that your privacy policy would be dynamic, but depending on where the visitor is coming from, it would update and reflect that, or you just have a global encompassing one that encompasses sort of all the different places that users could be coming from. So it would usually apply to all the different places that the users are coming from. So if you want to have a dynamic privacy policy, you would need to know where that user is coming from. So, you know, you could do that by collecting IP address, but at that point you're collecting personal information, you know, so even just making your privacy policy dynamic based on where the user is located would require you to, it's like a catch 22, right? I think one part that a lot of business owners don't realize. So for example, if the CCPA applies to you, which is a California privacy law, you can choose who you want to give those privacy rights to. So you can actually say California residents have the following privacy rights. Or you could say any visitor or user of this website has these rights. So it's up to you to choose who you want to provide those rights to, whether citizens of that particular state or everybody. But generally, privacy policies will um, disclose all of the required information for all of the privacy laws all at once. So, yeah, I think we're getting the idea that this is complicated. Uh, this is why something like Termageddon exists. So we, we know a little bit about you know what it does and who it's for. Tell us how you started it and why. When I was in law school back in the day, I was in law school in Chicago at John Marshall Law. And one of my friends who was sitting next to me in property law class was working at a software development company. And he asked me to work there um, doing their books, which I know how to do for whatever reason. And I said, yeah, sure, whatever, it's fine. So I kind of got involved in software at that point and the company was bought out. And I got my license and I went out on my own and I was a private practitioner. And basically what happened was I was working with software development companies, website development companies, and their clients would ask them when they build a website, like, do I need a privacy policy? And those people would end up getting referred to me just because, you know, I was the only tech attorney that they knew. And I kind of started researching privacy policies, researching the laws and, and started writing privacy policies for my clients. And I noticed that I was asking them very similar questions and they were all small businesses. So they had very similar websites. So I kind of end up using some of the similar language 
for all of them. And I was like, you know what? This could be automated. This is really boring to write. I feel like this is very monotonous and, you know, this could be automated. And at the same time, my fiance, who owned a web development company, as well, ended up getting his clients asking him what they should do for a privacy policy. And a lot of them couldn't afford an attorney. So we were just kind of talking about it over dinner one night and, you know, sharing our issues. And we're just like, man, I wish somebody would really automate this and make it friendly for web designers and friendly for small businesses and have like really clear pricing and have a good product. And that's how Termageddon started. Um, so we kind of came up with this idea over dinner one night and we decided to do it. I like that. I like that idea of, yeah, that a casual conversation basically turned into a business. Uh, the, the difference was that in between somebody said, yeah, well, I'm actually going to like execute on this. How do you manage to stay on top of the evolving privacy policies all over the nation, all over the world, different states? Sure. So I use a multitude of different softwares. So the first software that I use is LexisNexis, which basically is like Google for lawyers. So you enter particular search terms and then you'll get alerts. So I use that for case law because that's important as well, because we do need to keep track of how courts interpret certain language used in privacy policies, because they might say, you know, this language isn't correct, or it is, and we have to update it accordingly. I also use Legiscan, um, which is a software that provides me with alerts whenever a new state, you know, proposes or, or passes a privacy law. I also keep track of attorney generals of all the states and what they're up to and what regulations they're issuing. And then one resource that I find personally super helpful um, is the International Association of Privacy Professionals, which is IPP.org. And basically what they do, they have a state privacy bill tracker that has all of the latest legislation in the U.S. And it also tracks legislation all over the world, too, and different changes and, and cases and all of that. It's a very, very helpful group. Very cool to, to learn about some resources I've never heard of. I think uh, we can all agree that you know every business should have a privacy policy, but have you seen certain businesses, maybe certain niches or business models, sort of uh, more so than the rest, kind of take to the idea of having a privacy policy, feeling that it was something they definitely needed, wanted to invest in? What have you seen from your customers? To be honest with you, we have customers from every industry, from airlines to barbershops. So... The thing that a lot of people don't realize is that small businesses need to comply with these laws too. So some laws have an exemption where only large businesses need to comply, but most privacy laws don't. So they will really apply to businesses of any size. And what we've seen in Europe with GDPR is that that law is being enforced on small businesses very frequently. So it's actually interesting because, you know, most people see the news and it's like Google or Facebook fine billions of dollars and you never see like the smaller fines. But, you know, if you have some time, go to Google, search GDPR enforcement tracker, and you'll see that that law has been enforced more than 200 times and more than 200 fines have been issued. So while we've seen Google and Facebook be fined, we've also seen one person marketing shops fined. We've seen small grocery stores fined for misusing personal data of consumers. So it's really important, regardless of the industry that you're in, to make sure that you have all of the disclosures that you need to have. So I really have not seen anything that was very industry specific. I think one industry that we work with that I was kind of surprised by as lawyers. So I kind of really thought that we weren't 
going to be used by lawyers. I thought that lawyers would just write their own. Ever since speaking to some of them, I realized that that's not the case. So for example, a divorce attorney is not necessarily familiar with privacy laws and privacy law requirements and doesn't want to spend the next you know year researching them. And, you know, they just think it's a significantly easier and time-saving solution. So I think that's definitely one industry that I was surprised that we'd work with. And then our second biggest industry that we work with is real estate agents, because they get a lot of inquiries across state lines from people moving. They also have MLS listings on their websites, addresses and names and phone numbers and stuff like that. So that one has been a big industry for us as well. Interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought lawyers either, but like you said, maybe they don't have the, the specific industry knowledge, or maybe they just simply value their time very highly and they're looking for sort of an automation tool. You know, obviously, you mentioned, you've mentioned GDPR, which is like a relatively recent privacy initiative that's kind of come out in Europe. If you had the uh, crystal ball, where do you kind of see privacy going in the future? What, what types of advancements maybe have come out in other parts of the world that you think might come in the U.S. or just generally the direction that you see this heading? Yeah, I think GDPR is very interesting in the sense that it applies to every um, member country in the EU. Right. So it's really one set of rules. Germany has a little bit stricter rules, but for most countries in the EU, that's just one set of rules that you need to follow. Unfortunately, in the U.S., we're not seeing that. So there's been a lot of push for a federal privacy law, but that's really not happening, unfortunately. So where I see privacy going now in the United States, at least, is each state proposing and passing their own privacy laws, which is going to create an extremely difficult patchwork uh, for businesses to comply with because, and I'm sure nobody's going to be interested in doing this, but if you do read these bills, you know, some of them are complete carbon copies of each other. So, you know, they use California's example and just copied and pasted that and said good enough. Well, other ones are quite different. So they all have very different requirements as to, you know, consumer rights, as to how to enforce those consumer rights, and also what your privacy policy needs to disclose. So I think in the U.S., I think we're going to see a lot more states propose and pass their own privacy bills. I also think that the next big thing in privacy is going to be private right of action. So privacy laws right now are usually enforced by the attorney general of that state in which it was passed. A private right of action would allow consumers to sue businesses directly for privacy law violations. So the attorney general obviously has constrictions as to their budget, as to their personnel, as to their time, and private litigants don't have that, right? There are thousands of plaintiffs' attorneys that are happy to take any case that comes their way. And I think that's going to lead to increased litigation and increased fines. And that's kind of where I see the future happening, for sure. A little scary, obviously, uh, from a business perspective, but uh, it, it bodes well for Termageddon. Uh, if you say things are going to get more complicated, then people are going to need a more simple solution to basically provide them with that. We've mentioned a lot about small businesses and, and privacy, and I've heard from certain small business owners, not to name names, but some people have you know, insinuated that the playing field is maybe not fair, that you know, larger companies have the legal departments to kind of do proper privacy policies and, and just kind of accommodate what's going on where small businesses maybe struggle and but are still potentially open to being fined and things like that. I mean, do you have any thoughts on that and, and whether or not, or is that just kind of complaining and bickering for no reason? I mean, I kind of agree with that sentiment, right? So 
if you're a one person shop, like let's say you're a bike shop, right? And you're in the US and now there's a new privacy law that you need to comply with. And now you need to have all this IT infrastructure built out. Now you need to know when to respond to requests, how to respond to requests. You know, you had to take time out of your day to learn all of that and do all of that. And if you get it incorrectly, you can still get fined. And personally, I do believe that that's pretty unfair for a small business to have to meet all of those requirements. But that's just the way it is, right? I personally have no influence over the legislation. If I did, I would have a federal privacy law because to be honest with you, so much of my time is being taken up by tracking and rewriting things that it's just insane. But it is what it is, right? Like, yeah, you're going to have to comply with it. And you're going to have to make sure that you don't get fined. And the thing too, for a small business, like, if Facebook gets fined $1 billion, I mean, that's like three days of their revenue. Like they don't care. But for a small business, something like a $100,000 fine can really shut you down completely, especially if you're a small shop. So it's something that has very stringent requirements, very high penalties, which usually count per violation as well, meaning per website visitor. So let's say you have 100 website visitors from California per month, you'll be fined $2,500 times 100 for a violation of, for example, Calopa. So it's something that's really hard to keep up with. It's something that's really hard to comply with. And that's really why we created Termageddon for small businesses. My fiance and I have been working in and, and owning small businesses for a long time. And we understand that struggle. And I think that's why we created Termageddon is to have a simple, easy to use solution that doesn't take up a lot of your time, that doesn't take up a lot of your resources, financial or otherwise, where you can make sure that you are not, you know, necessarily in violation, at least of the privacy policy requirement. Yeah, all, all very good points. And but like you said, I mean, the law is the law. So, uh, you know, it, it may be unfair to some extent, but we all have to kind of comply. Awesome. Well, as you know, I mean, this podcast is called How We Solve. Uh, so I have to ask if there's a problem that you might be dealing with today in your business, potentially a listener might hear it and say, I could solve that. Is there anything, I guess, uh, a problem that, that, that you could do solved? To be honest with you, I would like to go outside. <laughs> I go out tonight. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if anyone's going to be able to solve that problem. Uh, <laughs> and people again and, and go to conferences. I think that's the one thing that I really miss. So if anybody has any good tech conferences that you recommend, I would love to attend them because, you know, while it's not the same, it would still be nice to, to talk to people that are, that don't live in my house. That's a fair request. So anybody out there who uh, maybe is running or a tech conference or something, they're not as interested in being a guest, maybe even a speaker, for example. So very cool. Thanks so much for coming on, talking about privacy. I did find it very interesting and I hope others did as well. Please tell us where people can find you if they'd like to get in touch. So you can find us at termageddon.com. That's T-E-R-M. A-G-E-D-D-O-N.com. And you can just submit a contact form there if you have any questions. And then we're also on uh, pretty much all social media, just at Termageddon. So like Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to give us a shout out there. Awesome. Thank you very much, Donata, for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Seeing your competitor outrank you on the first page of Google sucks, especially knowing that 92% of all traffic goes to results on the first page. Getting quality backlinks for your website is hard. 
not with shortlist.io. We build highly relevant, contextual, and most importantly, clean backlinks for your business to help you crush the competition. Ready to start? Get shortlisted on search engines now and visit shortlist.io. That's S-H-O-R-T-L-I-S-T dot I-O. Thanks for listening to the How We Solve podcast. Dominate your market and crush the competition with our step-by-step playbooks. Subscribe right now in your favorite podcast player or visit howwesolve.com.